0: Hmm. Recorded live. Once again, you have reached another episode of Eddie Kane Radio. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. Thank you for listening. Today is episode 9. That is a good thing. We're getting closer and closer. Uh, today is April 26, 2015. It's a Sunday. I'm out here live coming from Metroplex, that's North Texas, United States of America, planet Earth, the Milky Way, somewhere out there in the universe. (laughs) Well, it has been a great week, I must say. Things have been going really, really well. Um, The weather's been nice, uh, even though the allergies, you know, with the pollen and all is really horrible, but other than that, the weather's been gorgeous. We've been having fun. Great things are happening. So, to all our listeners out there, hopefully everything has been going great for you as well. And uh, hopefully, ho- hopefully, you'll be having a, a happy Sunday. Just to let you all know, we are also in the works of working on the website, Eddie Kane Radio. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's going to be interactive. You'll be able to uh, check out uh, some podcasts. A few interviews and things of that nature it's really it's really really fun and other than that, let's see recently what has been going on in the news Wow, seems like it's never going to stop you have um more cops uh killing civilians and if we go ahead and look and see what's going on in Maryland, we can see it's, it's not getting better. You know, um, I really don't know what, what needs to be done in order for this to, to cease, but something needs to be done. We need to take action accordingly. People need to be held liable as far as for, for what's happening. And it's, 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 it's just a tiresome thing. But on to better news, just to let you know, I really can't think of any, but <laughs> I'm just joking around. We're going to have a, a great show for you today. We have guest. She is an author. She is a radio host. She is a spoken word artist. She is a mother. She's a hip-hop artist. I mean, she is a great person all around. I mean, she walks it like she talks it. Her name is Ayana Molina. And she also, with the radio, she have to check her out on Saturdays between 5 and 6 on WBOK. If you people out there Orleans are listening, make sure you check her out. But Ayana is a phenomenal person. She goes by the name of Fire, And the book she had written called runaway girl when i read it i was just i was moved i was i was i was given even more energy to actually finish writing my book when i was reading her book and it, it is a great tale i mean to it is a testimony it is a testimony from all i can say is from trials and tribulations to triumph but uh She'll be able to tell you more about that when we get her on the line. Also, she'll be able to talk about her her show that she has. She's a talk show host as well, and that's an awesome thing. Um, she'll be able to tell you more about that. And also, we'll we'll discuss her poetry, her spoken word, how it's influenced her writing. Um, the growing up in the festive city of New Orleans, you know, how how has it influenced her? And and I must say that this woman is very talented. Not just even on an artistic level, she's also about community involvement. She's about bettering ourselves. She's about about love, self love, you know, self actualization, self discovery. But I'll let her go ahead and tell you more about that when we get her on the line. And also, um, this month, April, as a matter of fact, is, uh, is Child Abuse Prevention Month. So um, hopefully, you know, me and Ayanna, we can get a dialogue about that going on a little later on in the show because um, some people consider disciplining your children as a form of abuse, whether it be a spanking or or even if you look at it as far as verbal abuse, you know, we don't even look at it on that manner. So hopefully we can get a dialogue about that. And um, other than that, what I want to do is introduce Ayana Molina for our artist spotlight. Hello, Ayana.
1: Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm good. That was a lovely introduction.
0: Oh oh, thank you, thank you. I mean, I meant every word of it, you know and and thank you for coming on the show. You know, really, That's thank right. you for coming on the show and um uh, and what what's great about it is that I know that you're going to bless the listeners' ears because this is a this is a global broadcast, you know this is This is a movement within itself, and it, and it is great to have someone of your energy and, and your mindset, your mindset here on the show, you know, and, and, and then, and to hear you spit your piece with with your poetry and all, I mean, let me stop talking, but anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Eddie, we've been um, rolling a long time with the spoken word uh, poetry movement for many years and we're comrades in the, in the struggle, you know, for creative self-expression.
0: All right. All right. And, um, Actually, uh, to your listeners out there, wow. Um, with this was uh, two thousand two two thousand. We had a we had a, a production company called Firebree Productions in New Orleans That's on the right. Thursday night. So shakedown <laughs> night.
1: Thursday night. We did some good work and good work. You know, everything was really positive that we put out there, which was you know, it wasn't about. What was so beautiful? It wasn't about who was the best. It was about shaking that load off, you know. And so, right. yeah, yeah, we did a great job with that. I'm really proud, you know. When I when I remember our times over there,
0: that, that is that is um that is that is a good time. I mean, and, and actually, I guess you could say it's a part of a foundation, you know, a, a brick, you know, a brick in the foundation, as far Most as what
1: definitely.
0: from from reaching yeah. out. Because I noticed even from that and and being in organizations with you like blackout that's right, uh, the prison industrial complex and um, yeah, all of these various means and even the uh, the plays that we had done, these various means to to reach the public. I mean, have have you always been like this ever since you were a little girl, or, or what? How did this come about?
1: Well, I was really blessed to have two creative parents who were also, um, uh, they were also advocates for black people. You know, they told us that black was beautiful. They told us we should be proud to be black. But they also were creative artists. My mom was a singer. She sang in choirs um, all of her life. She was a beautiful soprano voice, and she um, also did musicals. She loved to do plays and musicals and that kind of thing. And then my dad was an actor. He was an actor as well as an um, orator. You know, he was a speaker, a public speaker, and also a community activist right here in New Orleans. And so he just he just poured that into into us. It's um, myself, and I have two brothers, one older and one younger, who are all into the arts. All of us are into the arts. And then especially myself and my brother, Mike, who are into co- um, community activism on, like, crazy levels. Like, my brother, Mike, does things he doesn't even tell us about. Like, we'll see him on the news or some stuff. <laughs> we'll see him in an <laughs> interview or something, and he's done something so miraculous. Like, he's doing so, making so many huge moves all around the country. I mean... He was in Oakland, California, now he's in um, Atlanta, just doing great, beautiful things with, um, you know, diversity when it comes to, like, uh, refugees um, from Africa that have come oh. over to Atlanta and just trying to, um, you know, reach out a hand of love to our people that are coming to America under, under duress, you know really hard circumstances in Africa. So it's amazing the work that our family has done. My brother has played Othello several times. My older brother, Tony, has played Othello. Um, He's a Shakespearean actor. He's fantastic, one of the best actors I know um, and I've ever seen. And so my, my family, I'm really blessed that my family just blew that, you know, into us. And, and molded us to be these people, um, and not be afraid, I think, you know, never be afraid of saying, expressing yourself.
0: So. Right. Right. That is good. And, um, I must say, she definitely has a talented family. If you're listening, Mike, what's up? How you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe you can you get him Sony? on the show next, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely me too. I, I definitely want to, uh, reach out to Mike and, uh, he left a a, a, a very inspiring uh, happy birthday wish on my Facebook so I appreciate that. You know, he was like, Hey let's you know, I believe in what you're doing and you know, let's uh let's show them what we could do.
1: That's like, right. wow.
0: Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you know? I mean, you
1: know, he's a father. He's a father like you and he's you know, he's a he always never gives up on his self as far as an artist is concerned. And it's easy to do when you've got so many other talents. He's also a lawyer. His wife's a lawyer. So he's got, I mean, he's really brilliant intellectually. So he has all these talents, but he's never, like, put that before his art. His artist, you know, and his artist, he brings intelligence and all that. But I know this is not about Mike because I'm sure you'll have him on and he'll blow your audience away. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it was a blessing to have a, such a, a solid foundation of art right. and of activism in my family.
0: Right, right. I mean, that is that is definitely true because I, I know it influenced it influenced your work. And um, what I wanted to talk to you about was your book "Runaway Girl." Yes. And you know, uh, because this show this is about you know having spoken word artists. Authors, motivational speakers, as well, and mm-hmm. um, the book is very compelling. You can you can tell that you just left it all there. Definitely.
1: What what,
0: what made you what made you write this book, or, or just say I'm going to write a book? What what made this come about? Before that, can you tell us about the book? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, well, you know, I had to write it. I had to write it. It it was almost like a a rite passage to get it out and to share it because I had written it so many years before I actually self-published it. I wrote it and I just hoarded it. I just kept it, you know, to myself, but I had to write it. It's like, you know, I went through a tremendous healing um, through the book and then I chronicled it through the book and through the poetry. I went through a tremendous healing Got very depressed when um, my rock, my mom, passed away. And I went through a couple of years of depression after that, doing some wild things and really, you know, self-destructive self, self uh, destructive kind of things. And then had a moment of truth when, you know, I was actually suicidal, you know, um, for the first time in my life, actually, you know, suicidal in that moment. It was a very, it was a moment of crossroads. It was a moment of truth. And I really heard my spirit my spirit very, very loud, asking me a question if I was ready to live or if I was ready to die. And so once I had chosen that I was ready to live, it's like in an in an instant, it feels like my life just brightened up. I mean, I just, it's like a veil was lifted off of me, and I knew what I had to do. You know, I got some help. I got some, some counseling, some mental health help. Um, And I just started on a journey of of healing and self-love. And so the book uh, Chronicles, from the very beginning, is the earliest memory that I can remember. Actually, it goes further. It says my naming, you know, when my mom... Told me the story of her naming me Ayana, which means beautiful flower in uh, West African language. Some people say Kiswahili, some people say Yoruba, but I know it's a very old and beautiful name. And so, you know, my mom told me the story of that. And so I start there. I start there when I was in my mom's room when she named me. And then I started with my earliest memory, and then I just went on from there. And, it, you know, some of it was good, but some of it was really, really, really bad, you know, and, um, not that I was blaming these things that I had experienced or that had happened to me, but I had to tell it, you know, I had to get it out so that I could sort it out for myself. Like what happened to me? You know, I remember being so beautiful and being so carefree and being so, you know, open and and everything. And then everything just changed. Like my life drastically changed and I became insecure. I became hypersexual. I became um, just, a shadow of who I was meant to be. And so the book chronicles that journey through poetry and um, is actual poetry that I wrote in my journals. Um, you know, I went all the way back because I'm one that keeps all my journals and I write, I don't write to a diary, like your diary. I write poetry in my journals and that's, you know, some of it, some of it I, you know, I write for myself. I don't really write to share. I eventually share, you know, but. Um, and so I took all those old poems and I polished them up and put them and chronicled them between prose of, you know, telling the story of my life. And so it's, it's very heavy. You know, people who have read it who had not experienced the level of, 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 you know, to journey from self hate to self love say, Oh, I don't know. I had to put it down. It's very heavy. But for people who have, Made that journey, or who are in that journey, or who want to make that journey, um, they are they are ecstatic by the book. They are, you know, they come up to me, they hug me, they say thank you. They say, you know, I've gotten so many beautiful messages, email messages, inbox messages from women that said I told their story and they're thankful that they could never say that and and and, and share it publicly, but they they're thankful that I was able to. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that book because it just took a leap of faith. You know, my spirit is something that I hear regularly. You know, um, I call it my God spirit, you know, just telling me what's next, you know, telling me, my it just constantly reminding me of my purpose. And so, you know, it was, she, it, you know, my spirit kept telling me it's time, it's time. I need to get her out there. And then Katrina happened. So King Katrina happened, and at the time I was pregnant with my son. And so we, you know, just packed enough stuff for three days. We were like, we're coming back. We left everything. And um, we never thought we would not come back. We never thought we'd lose everything. I mean, it just was not a thought. And so once that happened and we lost everything, you know, I was kind of down, you know, of course. In right. shock, you know in shock, but then my spirit was loud and clear. she was like, "You do have something, you have runaway girl, you know, telling me over and over it's time, it's time to get her out there, and so I took my time that first year after Katrina um I had lost the hard copy of her and Katrina, but you know, my partner when he came down to um to to see what he could salvage, I asked him specifically for my hard copy. I knew where it was, and it wasn't up high, so it had gotten wet. And he said, oh, it's trash, it's gone, whatever. And I was like, no, I need it. I need you to bring it to me. I don't care how it looks bring it to me, and he did, and then I went through the process of airing it out, drying it out to see if I could salvage any of it, and I did, you know, and it was was a process. It was a really painstaking process of me kind of like reviving her, you know, reviving. I call the book her, of course, Runaway Girl, um, and so revived her, man, and and self-published her myself. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to shop her around any Publishers or anything. It's just something that you know do for self self determination. And so I published her and put her out there and um, sold about a thousand copies. You know since then that was two thousand eight. You know and it, and it's straight out of my trunk. You know what I'm saying? It's in, it, not any bookstores. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's in several places in the country, but you know it's it's very grassroots, very grassroots, and I like it like that. You know I like it grassroots because I can touch the people who have read it. I can touch the people who it has touched so. right right I understand that and it
0: is a it is a beautiful book it is a beautiful book um you i noticed earlier you were saying you had a your journal you you didn't write it as far as dear diary you you no. wrote it you wrote poetry yes okay um now, to our listeners out there, you know some people might not know that there's a difference between poetry and spoken word, right? Okay? Because uh, you're writing it, and then you have to go ahead and perform it. So, what what made that come about? How does that even come about from the process of you writing in in your your journal? You know, that's not that dear diary, but you know, the spoken word, I meaning the poetry, and then performing it. How is how is that even as an artist to even do that?
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm blessed to have music in my head always. You know, I always have some kind of rhythm or something. You know, I'm also a songwriter. A lot of the poems in the book are songs. You know, and so I'm I'm blessed to have that bridge between poetry and spoken word through music and. You know, some of the poems in *Runaway Girl* and some of the poems that I write are merely to be re- to be read. They're not to be spoken and performed. And so I, you know, the I, I made an album that went with the book. It's called *Uplift Yourself*. Um, some of the most poignant pieces that are spoken word pieces I recorded, and that was my actual first album. And so, um, you know, only a handful of them are "quote unquote" spoken word. Performance pieces, and I think you know the difference because um you know when you're when you're a poet and you're you're writing poetry it comes from a different place I think I think you know that poetry that can only be read or not even you don't even write it to be shared comes from a, a deep you know rooted emotional you know heart place, and then when you are writing spoken word and you want to share that comes from more of a mind place, like you want somebody to learn or, you know, get something or be inspired by your words and how you say them. And so it's really, you know, so it's it's different, really. Not every poetry, not every poem, um, I don't think, is written to, to be performed. We know that, and I know you know that too, Eddie, that when Word. you, you know, there's certain pieces that you want, like you said, like I said, to teach, you know, teach through it. And so it also bridges, you know, music, which I've done um, through hip hop too, but also drama. You know what I'm saying? The theater kind of thing. It's like if you're gonna any any great performance poets, you use you, you know levels of theater and drama in their work. And so it 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 comes from a different place. It really does to me.
0: How does it feel when when you're on a stage and? And you're performing,
1: and it feels the energy great. Is, is, is how 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 did it? <laughs> I mean, it feels it feels amazing. It feels like see, I have a I do have some fans, and I'm blessed to have some fans all around the country. I've got you know fans in Atlanta, I got fans in Montgomery, Alabama, I got fans in California, and I have fans right here in New Orleans. And they, it feels great for them to 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 say, do that one or do this one. Well, mama, we want to hear that one, you know, and and wow. it and they giving me energy because they they love it, you know, they love it. Um, I think my favorite to perform right now is grown woman hip hop, which man, I've done that for years now, and and I think the grown women, you know, are excited when I sing that because it's like. No, I ain't no young person, and I don't claim to be young, you know, and I don't claim to be doing what they do. I do what I do, and it's and it's grown woman, and I'm on my grown woman, period. And that means that I'm a mama. That means that I'm an artist. That means I'm a teacher. That means I'm a healer. That means I'm a counselor. That means I'm, you know, holding it up for my family, you know, and it's a powerful piece, and, um, and it feels absolutely wonderful to hear them say, Mama, do grown woman hip-hop. You know, and I do it and I mean they singing all the words, they got their hands raised, they hype, you know, and it feels it feels good to know that I I can be that you know, that um not not exactly what's on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Nothing really right. like what's on the radio, but my own thing, you know, my own thing and people can feel it too. So, I absolutely love performing. I have it done as much of it this year and last year just because I've been doing a lot of community work, a lot of the radio show, um, and I'm I'm really a public speaker, um, motivational speaker, and so I've been doing a lot of that panel discussions and a lot of things like that, which is great too. Um, that satisf- satisfies another part of me that wants to teach, that wants to, you know, say, hey, mama, listen to me. You know, I've been where you are um there's some things that you can do to change your perspective, to change your mindset, to change your attitude, to change your children, to change your, you know, everything. So that's where I've really been focused in the last couple of years, but um, I'm blessed to have an outlet every Sunday night at um, Black Star. Um, they have something called Liberation Lounge. And it's very much like what we had, Eddie, at um, Soul Shakedown Poetry Night because it's just open. You know, it's open. It's really right, beautiful. Oh, okay.
0: Might so, have to check um, it out when I going back to New Orleans.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, that's just what um, actually um, you mentioned your radio show. Yes. Tell us about your show. Tell us about the radio show that you have.
1: Well, you know, first let me say that I um, I am the founder of an organization called True Love Movement, and I've been doing it for a long time, just, um, you know, very grassroots-like, very, you know, going into school, talking to young women, using the book to talk to people. If people read the book, they say, can you come talk to my book club? Can you come talk to, you know, so it's really grassroots, and so, I decided um, after Katrina that not only I would publish Runaway Girl, but I decided I wanted to be a counselor, an actual mental health therapist. And so I went to school to get my master's degree in something called community counseling and got that degree and am a nationally certified counselor so that I can do this work in a real intentional way, but also have the you know credentials just in case, you know, because we know we're dealing with this system. And sometimes they say, you know, you can't come and speak to our girls or whatever in an intensive way. I wanted to do intensive work because I know that's what it takes. And so I got my um, counseling degree, um, working on my counseling license. I should have that within within months, um, which has been it's been hard, but I stuck with it, and it's happening. And so. Um, True Love Movement really blossomed. It blossomed from a grassroots initiative to an actual service that I can provide for our people. And so True Love Movement um, just started really, really growing. At first, it was for strictly women and girls, black women and girls, to uplift and empower them because we have a, a, a very specific set of problems you know, that, that are unlike anybody else's. And so I really concentrated on what it means to be a black woman, what it means to be a black woman in America, what it means to be a black woman in the system, <clears throat> what it means, you know, to be a black woman in New Orleans and Louisiana. So started there, and then as it grew, I met a brother that was doing the same kind of work with boys and men where he was living. And I didn't, I, I didn't met him. I re-met him because we were, we were friends um, as young people, as teenagers, we were friends. And so both of our lives kind of went into a crazy direction where we were, you know, had a lot of self-destruction happening. And then, you know, I, I, I mean, we, we had very similar paths, but completely, you know, not around each other. And so, Um, re-met him and realized he was doing some work, got him down to New Orleans to work with some of the boys that I was working with because I I was like, God, I don't know what to do for these boys. These boys were really struggling, and, and, you know, I needed a man to be like, I've been there, y'all. This was, you know, kind of like what I was doing for the girls. The girls were really thriving off of what I was doing. I needed something for my boys. And so I um, I called the man, and I was like, you willing to come back to New Orleans? Because I got you, you know. And so um, he's work, and, and so I, I brought him in to work with the boys and men. So now True Movement has really, really grown from a grassroots kind of initiative to a, a, a real, you know, service for our people for just women and girls and then it's blossom now into a service for everyone. Like we have we have everything on lock. And matter of fact I'm getting ready to start with the elders, um, doing like an, an elder group with some elders um in a nursing home. So really comprehensive services as far as like uplifting and empowering our people to see their brilliance. To see their majesty, to you know, to really love themselves, and, and and their actions will follow through. When you love yourself, it's all about your actions. It's all about what you do, and so um, you know, really proud of True Love Movement. So naturally, as True Love Movement grew in New Orleans, um, we got we got an opportunity. The WBOK, you know, representative was like, I like what y'all doing. You know, let's try out a radio show. We were like, yeah, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's me and Brother Shaq. Brother Shack is the man, the men's and boys uh, program director. And we, we talk um, just about solutions for our people. You know, our people really struggle. With so many layers of of issues, and so chilla movement is never afraid to like talk about the issues for real, but not just talk. Like we do real the real walk challenge, where we are talking about how how we gonna change this this conversation into you know action. And so I'm really Uh proud of the True Love Movement. It's called the True Love Movement Hour. It's on every Saturday at 5 p.m. on WBOK. And actually, it's in New Orleans where you could just turn the radio on, but there's a link where you could um, listen to it from anywhere. There's a link for WBOK where you can listen to it from anywhere. So really, really proud. We're into our second year now on, on the radio, and we have some avid listeners, you know, from young people to old And um, people who really challenge us and say, you know, what about this, you know, with our people? And we just, you know, we just bring it straight, you know. And I I bridge a lot of my counseling into it, too, like as far as, you know, mental health, you know, because our people really struggle. We struggled from way, way, way long time ago from slavery, you know, from the the ramifications of slavery. And those things are generational. I mean, we hold on to those things, and they just pass on to our children, Pass on, you know what I'm saying, and, through the and DNA. And we call it
0: generational curses, but we just haven't been healed from it. You're right. right. That.
1: That's so, right. Um,
0: like um, Dr. Uh, Joy DeGruy, she called it. She calls it a uh, post-traumatic slave stress.
1: Slave syndrome. That's right. Post-traumatic slave yeah. syndrome. And I've seen it, and I know it exists, and I know it had a lot to do with. You know my story. It had a lot to do with runaway girls. The runaway girl story is um, the stuff we carry, you know, with us and then do to ourselves, you know. And um, and it's a, it's like a real deep feeling of pain, a real deep feeling of guilt, a deep feeling of shame, you know. And those things, yeah, they happen through our experiences through life, but you also got to think kind of spiritually and the things we hold on to, you know, through generations. And so, you know, I feel really blessed to have the bravery, the bravery to tell a story like that. Because to me, the bread, you know, my, my spirit kept saying, it's time, it's time, you need to push this out, it needs to be out. Because once I did that, it was like I felt completely clean. It's like I felt like there was none of that anymore. Like I, whatever I did, I was brave enough to take that leap of faith, put it out there in the universe, and now I'm just free. I mean, you know, I'm free on a spiritual level because it's like none of that can hold me down. Yeah, that's in the past. I'm a different person. I'm a different being, you know. And, I mean, so then as I got through my own stuff, I started thinking about wow, you know, my children and my children being in this world with all these broken people and, you know, here I am breathing this beauty into my children, but then when I send them out into the world, you know, I got to heal the world, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So it became a, a mission, a real mission to, like, uplift and empower my people so they can really see how, you know, all this generational stuff can be healed. You know, you can have a beautiful life, you can feel free, you know, and then, you know, thinking spiritually free, but then there's a systematic freedom or liberation, you know what I'm saying, that has to happen also. So, I mean, I'm definitely on the, the liberation, you know, black nation movement, um, and that's what True Love Movement, the uh, the, the radio show True Love Movement Hour is, is about. I'm really, really proud of it.
0: That's cool. Um, actually, I caught one of those one of your episodes on SoundCloud.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so we put it on SoundCloud every so often. Um, okay. You know, we need to do a little bit more of that. It used to be every week, but it's like once a month, and we'll put a new one up because we've got a catalog of man, close to a hundred. It's gotta be maybe maybe seventy five shows that we have a catalog of these shows. And um, okay. you know, we can we put them up on SoundCloud like stage jazz fest time. So we might put something around music or around um, you know, like celebrating Black women artists from New Orleans. Because I mean, let me tell you something: New Orleans really rocks when it comes to Black women artists. And so I I do I do that. I shine lights on them, but I also do a, um a show every. It was it was every three months, but now it's every. February for Black History Month and August for Black August. It's called Will Manifest. And let me tell you, Eddie, if you can make it down um in August, I mean it is a I've never experienced anything like that. It's just shining a light on black women artists from New Orleans and black women business owners from New Orleans. And oh, that's they, right. oh it's Beautiful. I mean, it's getting better every every time. It just blows me away. And so we find, like, these beautiful, like, little girls, you know, that want to dance or want to sing. And we find that teenagers that, I mean, the last time we had this young woman, Nia, who writes her own original music, plays the piano, and sings. And so, I mean, we find these women. These women just come to us, and and we just display their artistry. And so this time we also had some community workshops also. Um, we had a survival survival of the fittest workshop. We had a Raising Black Boys workshop. We had a creative visualization workshop. So what Manifest is really, really growing here in New Orleans, um, and I really wanted to grow beyond New Orleans. I wanted to grow beyond New Orleans to, I'm going to run it, beyond New Orleans. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, I'm sorry. I was about to say, we definitely want to um, have you on the show around that time when in, uh, in, in August. Yes. You know, as far as to see, we can do as far as how uh, further expand to the awareness to the listeners and all. So that's is, that is that's an awesome thing that you're doing. I mean, wow.
1: <laughs> and if people want to know more about True Love Movement or True Love Movement uh, programs or what manifest, they can go to www.truelovemovement.com. And they have different um, tabs. You know, we'll manifest a tab, or if you want to know more about Brother Shack, there's a, he has a tab. If you want to listen to my music, which is always free, free download, there's a listen up tab. So I just want to you know beckon everybody to to go to the website and check it out.
0: Can they find your book there?
1: They can. They can find my book in an ebook on the website. Um, it's under books, tees and it's under that tab. Um, books, teas, and CDs tab. And so I always like to, to have a, a hard copy. You know I mean? I'm a hard copy kind of queen. Like I go to the library and I want to touch the book. I want to read it. I want to read it again. <laughs> you know, I'm not an ebook it's type of person, but for people who are ebook people there, it's on the website. And then if you're not, um an evil person, you can surely order a hard copy from me on my website. So, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Google. Get autographs. Yeah. That is nice. That is cool. Um one thing um what I want to know is um well later on before we close out with the show, if you would like to, you know, bless us with a with a poem or two.
1: Of course.
0: Okay, great, great. But I will need you to hold on for just a moment, if you don't mind. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break, okay?
1: All right, gotcha. All
0: right, great. And uh, to everyone out there that's listening, this is Ayana Molina, a.k.a. FIRE, a true love movement, and she is on Eddie Kane Radio. Just hold on for this commercial break. Hey, once again, we're back. This is Eddie Kane Radio. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. Our guest today is Ayana Molina. She is an author, radio host, as well as a spoken word artist. The name of her book is Runaway Girl. And she's also the host of the True Love Movement Hour. That's on WBOK in New Orleans from 5 to 6. So that's with Brother Shaq. And what we were talking about earlier before the commercial break, uh, we were speaking with Ayana and she was she was talking about her her motivation and what made her come about as as writing poetry, uh her background as far as her family, her mom being a singer, her dad being an actor, how he was, how they were all influenced by this culture and this creativity. And she was also giving a little background about the True Love Movement, and you can find a lot about that on her website, which is www.truelovemovement.com. Uh, there, you can uh, purchase her book, Runaway Girl, which is is, is actually a, is a very good book, a very compelling book. And you can also listen to her CD as well that she has on there, and find out more about her radio show. But Ayana, how are you doing?
1: Yes, I'm here.
0: Yes, how you doing?
1: Good, I'm good. I'm feeling good.
0: That is great. That is great. Once again, thank you for being on the show. Um, before we uh, went to commercial, I also asked if you wouldn't mind doing a poem for us, blessing us sure. with a poem. I'd love to. And, okay, great, great. And uh, whenever you're ready, you can go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, this one is called Power. And this is the one I do um, pretty regularly if I'm performing. Um, And it goes like this. Sister got power between her thighs. Got the same power between her eyes. Sister just got to realize. Don't believe the hype, don't believe the lies. Most sisters I know look really fly. But deep inside, nothing but despise. Love yourself, sister, be healthy and wise. Set the shackles and break the ties. My brother's got power. Yes, indeed. Got enough power to raise his family. You've got the power, brother. A soul supreme. Educate yourself and plant some seeds. Know the traps and avoid them. Please use the skills to uplift communities. Don't kill each other, brother. You are not enemies. Love yourself and pass the peace. My people got power, it ain't found in guns. Use your minds, people, as a weapon. Mamas, teach your daughters. Babas, teach your sons. Rise up, my people, and come freedom. Uhuru, sasa, we are one. Umoja, you baby, give me some. True liberation has not begun. Um, this is a call to action. P o w e r. P o w e r. P o w E R Power Power
0: Power 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 Oh yeah. I'm up in here, I'm snapping my fingers going along.
1: <laughs>
0: I like that. I like that thanks. You didn't even need to you could probably take that what you just said and, and that beautiful piece and put that over any kind of track and then it, it'll rock the track. <laughs>
1: Like, That's right. right. <laughs>
0: Thank you, brother. Yes, I like that. You know, and this is why we have Yana Molina, aka Fire, as an artist spotlight. Um, one thing, um, I I really don't remember like not knowing you. Seems like I've been knowing you like for a long time, and I know that you're very big on family, and yes. also your 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 boys who are now young men yeah, and I noticed how they had that artistic gene they got it you know how did you know it's just in the blood
1: (laughs) yeah um you know I really feel I feel blessed man you know that my boys came out you know my young experience because I started off very young having children and um they came through that. We came through that unscathed. You know, I'm really, really proud of their development as young men. Um, I have Derek, who is my oldest. He's 21, and he is um, he has, he's a senior um, at the University of Alabama in civil engineering. But he's also this phenomenal um, guitarist. Um, he's learned electric guitar, bass guitar, acoustic guitar, classic wow. guitar. Um, And he's a songwriter as well as a singer. You know, he's got his own style, and I love him for that. And then there's Xavier, who's 19, who um, he's just amazing, an amazing person, amazing uh, artist. He's gone more deeper into the art. Uh, He's right now a sophomore at UNO in jazz. And so this brother plays every instrument. (laughs) He's like a little Mm -hmm. thingy Wonder. (laughs) And he sings, like, got a voice of an angel. Um, He's also a songwriter and um, plays with several bands here in New Orleans. So super, super proud of him. He even raps, too. He doesn't like me to say that. Yes, he does. He's got got skills, too. Yeah, he does. So, um, and then I have three younger children. Well, Kamau Kamau is my 15-year-old. He kind of bridges the two sets of children. He's, um, He's more athletic. He's my athletic. He's a he's a gentle giant, but he's also an empath. You know, beautiful empath. So as far as the counseling work or social work work or any work in the community, to me, he's the one who's got that. You know, mm-hmm. he was like the at, in eighth grade. I was so proud of him. He's got he got the principal's award for being the the guy. If somebody was having some emotional issue, Kamal would be the guy to like have that person talk to. You know, wow. so he's got that special. He's got that special thing, like that real special sensitivity to people's needs. And so I'm really, really in love with Kamau. And then I have a set of smaller children. I have Niani. Uh, well, let me, let me say Jua. Jua is nine. He'll be ten. Um, he's a very, very special scientist. You know, the brother is just so curious about how things um, work, you know, how the human body works, how outer space works, how physical science works how chemistry works you know he's just naturally a scientist and then i had the baby girl and the only girl niani who is seven and she's um she's she's, she's also an artist she's a dancer singer <laughs> not afraid you know she's the boss you know of the boys <laughs> so you know she was the one i was waiting for because i you know i mean having boys you know People would say, oh, you're just a mama for boys kind of thing. But I know deep in my heart I, I, was, I was ready to reproduce myself or to, to give birth to femininity and grace. Um, and so I was able to give birth to a daughter, Niani, and I feel really, really blessed to um, have the whole package with all five of my children.
0: Wow. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And then you said to reproduce yourself, and that's actually what it is. That's reproduce right. Reproduce a better youth.
1: Yes, better in every way.
0: Better right. in every and, um, way. And that is a uh, actually. Um, I wanted to to kind of like like that let that lead into earlier in the beginning of the show. I was talking about if we can have a even a quick discussion because I don't know if you know that April is the is the the child abuse prevention month.
1: Yeah.
0: And. What I wanted to, if you wouldn't mind talking about that, is um, have a dialogue as far as, let's just say, what is your views upon um, spanking? Because some people say that, you know, you're not supposed to hit your child or, you know, if you hit if you spank your child, that's, you're going to raise a child to spank children, but some people say time out. And uh, would you say, is that a, a fine line between discipline and abuse? Better yet, let's say that. Is there a fine mm-hmm. line?
1: Well, you know, Love Movement began as a uh, support for mamas, you know, support for women, especially mamas, because to me, mamas hold the key to the future. You know, they hold the key, like how you raise your children depends, you know, everything depends on that. And so I know that if mama is thrilled, if she's stressed, if she's, Something wrong, you know, mentally with her, or she's, you know, struggling in poverty. Her children, her children will 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 feel that. Her children will get that, you know, in some in that aspect. If if mama was abused, you know, domestic violence and you know physical and verbal abuse, if that happened to her as a kid, she's going to take that with her in raising her children. You know, I just just honestly, I'm the type of mama that starts very young with giving my children limits. And boundaries, and so a child can't at two year old two years old wants to do whatever it wants and so and and I am the type of mama that says, "No, no, you know you can't touch the hot stove or that hurts the baby, or no no, you can't whatever and and so I was able to kind of mold them into a child that understood that mama's the one who gives limits. Mama's the one who you know tells you no, no, and she tells you that for your safety. And so I never I'm 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 a very rare banker. Like I'm not a banker person. I'm not a someone who, you know, get the belt and I'm gonna tell you up or anything like that. Because I was able to really understand my role as a parent. Like, no, I don't own these children, they're human beings, but I'm right. here to guide them, guide them to understand what what is safe and what's unsafe. What will what will help you and what will hurt you. You know, and so I was really blessed to be this awesome, you know, nurturer. And my mom, you know, my mom never hit us. She never hit us. And so I was really blessed. You know, I think I got whipped by my dad one time, but it was like, oh, boy, it rocked both me and him. You know, my daddy was crying and everything else. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just an old school, to me, way of thinking. Now, I have... threatened probably and said, you know, you're going to get it. I'm going to give you something to cry for, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing. Right, right. But I'm, you know, and so I really do believe we can raise our children without it. Now, if you got, you know, I don't have any children that are really, like, off the chain, behavioral problems and all of that, because I feel like that starts from really, really young. Like, you've got to start cultivating this child into self-control, you got to get a child into understanding <clears throat> their own level of control and then that, you know, what mama says is for your safety. And so I know we're kind of going, I mean, it's not directly on the subject, but I know I've been doing this work. I do parent support work because it's, imp- it's completely important. Because when we, you know, put violence into the love that we have for our children, this unconditional love, and we put this this heavy violence into it, our children are born, you know. They they absorb that. They absorb that, right. and so I, I believe, you know, New Orleans has a really bad problem right now with these mamas, you know. And you know, I'm a lover of the black mama. That's what that's the work that I do. That's who I am. But right. I see I see a problem with these mamas, and they're cursing their children out. They hitting them. I mean, they they little bitty little bitty children, and so you're feeding that into them. And so then when you, you know, when you're getting a call in kindergarten when your child is hitting other people or when your child is being very aggressive and violent and you want to know what happened, what happened Well you bred that into them. Like right. you, you, you poured it into them. And so there are ways to, to discipline but very loving. There are very loving ways to discipline. You know, all of my children have unique personalities. My daughter is stubborn very stubborn, she's, um, she's very, um, wants to do her own thing, and so there were times when I had to let her cry, there are times when she wanted something, or she would not apologize for something, like, I I never forget her being very little, maybe three, and she hit her brother, and everybody saw her hit him, and I was like, Niani, you have to apologize to your brother, we love our brother, we don't hit him, and she refused. And so I said, no, ma'am, you will apologize to him now. And she refused to. And so she was being stubborn at the time. And so I said, well, you know, until you apologize, you know, the things that you want to do, we are not going to do because we're going to sit right here until you realize you have to apologize to your brother. So we just went all around and did our thing. She fell out on the floor and cried and these kind of things. And she cried and cried and cried. And we just, you know, I was not giving that power up and saying, you, you know, it, it was a moment of truth for her. Like, you know, if I'd, if I'd have let her just go on and say, oh, well, we're not going to apologize to him, you know, that would have started this, this kind of uh, tension between us. And I was like, no, this is what Mama says. Mama says you two have to apologize to your brother that we love our brother. We do not fight our brother. We do not fight in this house. And so, you know, at that moment, and it wasn't like breaking her little spirit because I wasn't beating her into it. I wasn't like, I'm going to whip you (laughs) until you apologize for your brother for hitting him. You know what I'm saying? And so eventually she got tired, and eventually she got up, and she said, I'm sorry, Jewel. And that was the end of it. I gave up because that's all I was proud of her. And, and, And that kind of tension never happened again. It never happened again because she didn't get any reinforcement for her behavior. Nobody paid special attention to her. Nobody said, oh, yeah. you know, everybody ignored her behavior. And, and you know, at the time she was three. And, I, I mean, as a young, as a woman, we have this power, you know. And as a young woman, like, there's times where I'm getting the smacking of the lips and I deal with it immediately. Uh, no, ma'am, you will not smack your lips at your mama, period. And she knows when I'm serious. Now, when I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm just this, oh, honey, honey, you know. Love love takes on so many different forms. You know what I'm saying? There's self-love. Right, there's right. self-love. There's all these self-care, all these beautiful things. And so there are times when I'm very gentle with my children, but there are times when I'm very serious with my children. I do not have to hit you But so you don't understand. No, ma'am, you will not, you know. And so I'm training them. It's more than just parenting. This is a training we have to get through our lives. Life. Like you're going to be leaving Life me. Life skills. You're going to be leaving me, and no, I'm not going to be the type of mom that's going to have all my children, grown people in my house. I'm going to train you to be independent. I'm going to train you <laughs> to think, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to train you to think on your own, to be able to problem solve, to be able to creatively problem solve, and I'm doing that right now. You're seven years old, right. baby. Uh-uh. We got to get it together because I'm thinking about you in the future and dropping jewels on your spirit so that when you get out there, you ain't, you know, uh, rudely awakened.
0: Right. Exactly. That is, that's good. See, usually I just have to, like, put the bass in my voice and.
1: <laughs> yeah, that bass works. And
0: my, you know, it's just like, hey, what did I, you know, and, and they just snapped, well, I just snapped my finger or something and, uh, They know it's up. So I guess you can have it a little
1: easier. No, that works. It works for moms too. You know, you don't have to put hate in your voice. You don't have to say you B or you N. You don't have to put hate in your voice. Put base in your voice. Put the real seriousness in your voice to let them know. You know, children respond a lot to facial cues. You know, as a counselor, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about behavior. I had to study behavior. And so children are on facial cues. If you're, you know, as a baby, you know, when they're brand new, you're smiling at them, they're cooing at you, you're speaking sweet and soft. But when they're two, because really it's a lot of exploration happening there too, and they start with the behavior, you know, kind of like maybe um, harmful or unsafe behavior, then you change that face. You change the face, you change the volume of your voice, you put a, some seriousness in your voice, but they understand, oh, wait a minute, something's happening here, you know. My mom mama's, my mama's mm-hmm. is worried about me, like, this is different. And so using those things, those are the things that help us. You know, we don't have to put our hands on our children because once you stop putting your hands on your children, you can't stop because it's like they don't right. stop unless you beat them. And the thing about it is eventually you'll see beating your child does not work. If you got to nope. constantly beat a child, it's not working. The Whatever you're trying to do is not working. Like, I, I mean, I've never hit, especially my two little ones. As I was growing as a mother, you know, I had to, like, threaten with a belt before or pop their tail when they were younger, like maybe two. I'm talking about my older children. But as I grew as a mother, I grew into some more skills that I saw that work. Now, I didn't, I mean, teenager time, too. That's, you know, I know you have some teenagers also. Teenager time mm-hmm. gets a little, you know, because I've had, now I have come out who's 15, and then I've had Derek and David who are both teenagers, who, thank God, are completely out of that mode or, you know, that adolescence, the kind of angst that they have. And so at no. that, I really had to do a lot of, no, you will not you know and, and me and Xavier believe it or not he's a he's a fiery one, and so we would have some you know issues <laughs>
0: <laughs> issues,
1: <laughs> but you know, as a single mama, you know being a little bitty person, I'm only five foot tall, and so when i you know when I have a son who's thirteen who is like six inches taller than me and weighs you know am I'm, I'm he's double my weight. I had to, to get a little bit more aggressive. I did. But just only for that child. I mean I never hurt him, I never beat him or anything like that. But I had to do like some re like like not reinforce his behavior. Take some things away from him that I would know he really liked. So I had to really kinda of get creative with Xavier. But I don't I don't see that happening with the two little ones because I had grown to the point where I realized, okay, this is its so much easier to kind of mold their behavior when they're smaller, mold their right. behavior and mold the expectation of their behavior. And so they get a chance to speak about how they feel. That's no big deal. I'm listening, but you will never disrespect me. You will never, you know, do anything that will harm you or harm anybody in the family. This family is love. This family is full of love. No, everybody, Nobody fights. Everybody talks about their problems. You know, these are the things. This is the foundation. That I've set in this home and in, in in this family, and so I was able to grow into into motherhood in this way, this this divine you know role, and so I I, I love sharing the different um, tools that I've gathered um, with other mothers, and so, um, you know, having two successful children. I mean, I know they're not grown grown; they're still in college, but you know, having these boys, having raised these boys these years and kind of having every level. I've got young adults, I've got, um, you know, adolescents, and then I've got these two smaller uh, young, young children. And so, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as far as child abuse is concerned, Eddie, you know, really it's all about how you feel about yourself because your children are reflections of you. And if you're hurting them, then there's something wrong with you. I really feel like that, you know, I, I feel like that's the bottom line on child abuse. Whoever's the abuser should get help for the anger, should get help for how they feel about themselves because you can't have a baby in your body, you know, give this baby everything the baby needs for nine months, give birth to this baby, breastfeed this baby, give this baby everything it needs to hit, to be violent toward it. You know, it's, it's, it's as deep as that.
0: Right, that's uh, that's insanity. You're right. Yes, you are absolutely right.
1: Wow, wow,
0: and that was that's case closed right there. <laughs> that's
1: it. That's it. <laughs> that
0: is case closed on that. But um, <clears throat> before we end this show, uh, what I would like to do because I like to ask all of our guests, um, let's say. From and uh, I need to stop saying uh. I need to get a counter one day for so every time I say um when,
1: <laughs> Well it happens to me as a radio host. I've gotten much better, but it still happens. Yes. yes.
0: I'm like, wow, I can hear myself saying um but I always ask the, the guests to leave to leave something with our listeners as far as let's say since you are an, an artist as well as an activist, a counselor on these frame minds, let's say, how how would you recommend to a poet or a spoken word artist that's trying to get there, to get their game off the ground, to become to to monetize their income because obviously it's tangible because you you you're selling CDs and you're selling books, and how how would, what do you recommend to a person you know to how do you recommend a person to do that?
1: Well, you know first and foremost as a as a artist, confidence is everything confidence and no fear. you know sometimes we hold back because we're afraid, and um once you've let go of that fear, it's like your your life your your voice, everything just opens up, and so having the confidence that what you have to share is unique what you have to share must be heard, what you have to share is awesome, you know, and to do that with diligence, you know, do that with fidelity and with diligence, like consistent, you know, opportunities will come. Be very careful when an opportunity comes, um, you know, because it's your choice. It's like the universe is, is asking you, do you want this? So be real careful about how you respond to an opportunity. Like I get opportunities sometimes to join something that I'm like, no, I don't think so. You know, this is not what True the Movement is. This is not where we're going, and so I block that opportunity. But if an opportunity comes and and I'm like, wow, this is this is deep. Am I ready for this or whatever? You got to be careful with those because you you take the opportunity and another door opens for you. You know, it's like. You know, I've learned that opportunity is it's everything. You have to jump on every opportunity unless it does not, you know, suit you or suit your mission, your personal mission in life. You know, I feel like, you know, a unique, talented artist, it's it's wide open for unique and talented artists. I mean, I feel like if you're giving your genuine and authentic self to the to the world, you know, the Internet is wide open, social media is wide open, you know, um, go to as many open mics as you possibly can, get a buzz going around about what you share, you know, how you're different and, you know, and never. this is one thing I know, and this is one thing I've never done, Eddie, and I think you've never done it either, is like be this, you know, look at somebody and say, oh, that person's so live, and then just kind of model yourself after someone else. You know, model yourself. I'm gonna spit like this person, and then you end up with everybody spitting the same way. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm an advocate of your authentic, genuine self is good enough. Like, go out there, no fear, and just do you. Be consistent. Be, you know, be, um, you know, be true. Be true to yourself.
0: All you need. (laughs) <laughs> that is all you need that is all you need and right. one thing I noticed throughout our, our conversation that we were having that um, you speak a lot about the spirit yes what um? what is the spirit to you because I noticed you say spirit the spirit or oh, my spirit and, and so, what, is, what exactly do you mean when you're saying the spirit?
1: Well, it's, you know, people, I think, people might think spirit is not tangible. But to me, it is. You know, I hear it, I hear it loud and clear. I know when it's resonating, I know when it's vibrating with me. I'm open. I'm open to it. You know, spirit to me is, is God, the God voice that you hear, you know, and God to me is, is everything. God to me is the great source of life, the great source of love, the great source of everything, you know, pain, the great source of, 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 of everything there is. And so there's a purpose that, that why we're here on earth. And I feel like God blew, you know, the spirit into us you know, into this vessel of a body that we have, you know. And um, that voice you hear when you know it's the right thing, when you, when, you know, it's a feeling, a feeling you get. Um, sometimes I get overwhelmed with it, you know, and it will affect my body in a certain way, you know, where I might get goosebumps or I might feel you know, like I'm falling, a falling feeling, or a feeling of, of of high. Like if I'm high, and I know, you know, I'm I am um, just a purist at heart. I'm a raw food vegan. I'm a, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, so I get naturally high, and I get naturally high off my spirit, um, and 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 meshing with other spirits. You know, everybody has one. You know, and that's that connection to God, that one-on-one connection to God. And so that's what I know my spirit is. I and mean, Nobody can tell me it ain't, you know, this is something that I know. It's not something I believe. It's not something that is something that I know. And, it, and my spirit saves my life, you know, if ever I'm down, because I get down too. I mean, that's life. Sometimes I... Sometimes I get overwhelmed, you know, um, and sometimes I get it gets hard, you know, period. This life is hard for people people of color for sure. You know, and so when that happens, I hear my spirit loud and clear, it tells me, you know, come on, pull yourself up. You know, and I and I do. I, I do whatever it takes for me to pull myself up and I'm back back on top, you know. So my spirit I'm 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 really grateful. I had this this connection to my higher self, you know, this high, high part of right. myself. And, you know, that starts me thinking about my book number two, which is uh, Keep It High, Thoughts in a New Light, that immediately follows behind Runaway Girl telling the story of who I am now. Because after Runaway Girl stops, you know, my life still continued. I lost my father. Um and that was a journey of um, you know, my father transitioning. Um, I you know, separated from my partner, um for different reasons and stuff. So I have another story, uh another story to tell, and it's gonna be book number two, Keep It High, Thoughts in a New Light.
0: Ooh, I can't wait for that. When uh when can we expect that to come up?
1: It'll for sure come out um, like a uh, for sure by July two thousand sixteen because I'm currently working on it now and um, I'm just in this this deep meditative process on how I'm going to give birth to it. You know, um, I understand. Yes, so definitely by July two thousand sixteen because it will be seven years um, since I I gave birth to. Uh, Runaway girl. It'll be seven years since
0: Runaway girl was, yeah. So seven seven that year cycle. Hard. Well, I definitely want an autographed copy when it does come out.
1: And Most I know definitely. You're probably
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. And before I let you go, because it has been great. I'm really thankful for having you on the show today, Jan. It has been a pleasure. I've enjoyed the conversation immensely. Um, um, I want you it's to... It's been an honor for me. Oh, <laughs> it's not a problem, <laughs> not a problem. And what I would like for you to do is, um, before we let you go, is to, one more time, give our listeners, you know, the information, how they can reach you or contact you, your website, your Facebook or your Twitter, or if you have Instagram.
1: We do. Okay, so my name is Ayana Molina, <laughs> a.k.a. FIRE like Ayana. And um Fire Like Ayana on Facebook and Fire Like Ayana on Twitter. And then we also have a True Love Movement Facebook page. We also have a True Love Movement Hour Twitter. And we have a um True Love Movement Hour Instagram. And so if you'd like to get in touch with me personally, you can email me at Ayana, A Y A N N A at True Love dot com. And then there's uh T-L-M-H-R at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with um, us regarding, like, topics for the True Love Movement Hour. And um, also you can always go to my website, www.truelovemovement.com.
0: Okay, great, great. Once again, it's been a pleasure. To all our listeners out there, you need to get that book. You need to get Runaway Girl. I highly recommend it. And Ayana, thank you for being on the show. We are going to have you on here sometime again in the future, hopefully, you know, if your schedule isn't too busy. Great, great. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Eddie.
1: This is some good work you're doing.
0: uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) it. I have a big, stupid grin on my face. (laughs) I got a grin, too. (laughs) (laughs) I greatly appreciate it. And to everyone out there, you know how I end the show, when things and when the world is it gets too fast or it gets too busy for you. Just step back, breathe. Count to ten. It'll be okay. Thank you for listening to Eddie Kane Radio. I'm your host, Eddie Kane. This is an ECMS production. Take it light.